welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. My name is Matt Lees and today I'm not joined by Quentin Smith. I am joined by special guest John Blythe. Hello. You're a special guest. I enjoy being defined as not Quentin Smith. You've sent me on to a loser (laughs) straight away. Well, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. No, No, we're saying I'm better than Quentin. He's going to shit when he hears that. Oh, you've pushed me into a corner and punched me in the ribs repeatedly. (laughs) Hello, I'm John Blythe. John Blythe and Gav Murphy. Hello, also not Quentin Smith. Yeah, sorry, guys. also not John Blythe. No, I mean, you've got it twice as hard, haven't Mm. you, Gav? (laughs) (laughs) This is bullshit. (laughs) So I think this week's podcast might be a little bit of a a redux of uh, last week's podcast. For those of you guys listening, we talked uh, a bit about Metal Gear Solid 5 and we talked about uh, Until Dawn right at the end. uh, Jim talked about that. I don't know if you guys have played that or not. I have, yeah, it's good. Okay, cool. If I say anything that's too similar to anything last week, that's I'm very sorry, but I haven't listened yet. No, I'm not expecting you yet. I did say yet. I have no intention of listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not expecting you guys to know what happened last week. I'm just letting people know at home that we'll cover some similar games. But to be honest, that's likely to happen for a little while, especially with Metal Gear Solid 5, because I'm playing that a lot at the moment, and it's going to take me a long time to get through it or get over how how lovely it is. Like, uh, I think this is nice into a Metal Gear chat, but like, I think the best way it's been set up almost like in the, a Skyrim-type way, where it's just like this amazing open-world, like, fun map that you can just do whatever you want with. And people are going to do... No one's going to have the same experience with it, so, yeah, you yeah. probably will be talking about it for years. I think now, for now, I'm really keen to talk about it in a way which avoids spoilers. Yes. Um, And I'm just going to say briefly, actually, it's fascinating me how people's understanding of spoilers just doesn't align with mine at all in terms of what people think is okay and not okay to spoil. I just got accused of being I've spoiled something, so this is interesting. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, literally... Well, don't tell me today. what you've been accused of spoiling. No, I'm going to fucking say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. It's a mind. Do you think, right? <laughs> no. Well, that's one thing. I, I've never minded spoilers, because like, you, could, you could tell me the end of a game, and I'd still go, ooh, how's it going to get to that end? And like, oh, I knew no, that was going to happen. No, I don't want that. You could do that. Maybe in the cases of last, what is the last Cylon? Maybe that's not the same, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Cylon? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, yeah. I don't know, it's just, it's a weird thing of... Um, if you told me someone was going to die in Game of Thrones, like, well, I wouldn't give a shit. I clocked somebody, you see, on uh, on Twitter who was completely bang on. I think it was Games Writing as his handle. He's a, he's a dev, he's a nice guy, but he was saying about how he's like, oh, without fail, it's the exact same people on Twitter who spent the entire week before Metal Gear Solid 5 came out saying, oh, if people spoil this game, I'm going to be so mad, then just sitting on Twitter all day spoiling it. Um, and awful. I think it's true because well, what kind of stuff are they put in, put, posting up? Well, I think that people think that it, it's not that people. No one's posting about story stuff. No yeah. one's going. Oh my god, I can't believe this yeah, reveal. Yeah. But people what, are blind to their own behaviour, aren't they? They're, 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 and they're acutely aware of their own bad behaviour when they see it in others. Mm. It's true, but I also think that people think when they think of spoilers, they think of it as being plot elements, and they think of it being like, oh, don't tell people what happens in the story, and they yeah. fail to realise that actually. Like most people, especially you know, a lot of people I know, aren't playing games like Metal Gear Solid Five for the story. Like they're playing it because they don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you'll enjoy it a bit, but you won't know what's going on. Yeah. But you'll be like, "Oh, it's another robot." Oh, it's another, I don't know why. It's the Russians, maybe. Um, but no, you're playing it to discover stuff. Because for me, it's right. all that's what it's always been about. It's always been about those games are so rich and so 
full of little interesting things to discover that it's the joy of being like, well, what's this? Find what does this weird. do? Yeah, yeah, you find out weird things. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I wish Twitter had been around for Metal Gear Solid 1 because if someone had tweeted the frequencies on the back of the actual box of the game, <laughs> it would have saved me fucking days of fanning about. <laughs> it's on the box, yeah. Snake. <laughs> no, no, the box. Not the cardboard box. Get out yeah. of that box. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm kind of with you on this because like, the, one of the cool things about um, 5 is like, finding these tapes with these different songs on yeah. and I keep seeing people tweeting going, just found blah 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 song it's like I want to find that I want to find it and be like ah, this is awesome yeah that's what I mean it's, so it's this thing of like it's fine if it's just one thing from one person but mm. people don't seem to realise is that within a few days you've got you know all of the, <laughs> the musical tracks in the game are. Yeah. you know what all of the companions are yeah. you know what all of the cool gadgets are just because people like one guy like just posted a bit I've had to unfollow so many people just people yeah. going oh this is funny funny little what? screen grab and in the background there's so many like little sp- I'm like <laughs> I didn't know about that stuff yeah. someone posted an end of uh, mission summary screen and I, I've not got very far at all because I've not got much time but I you see, I didn't know that, and you've just spoiled it. So I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Well, there was just a at the bottom of the screen. Oh, right, yeah, well, that's a, that's a perfect example. We'll that's, beep that out. We'll have that one. Yeah, we will, we will beep that one out. And okay. We won't beep this out, you fucking prick. No, I'm not really angry. <laughs> but no, it's, that is that sort of thing, and it's it's just been unbelievable, because it's like, I don't have time to play this enough, but I found myself now rushing through a game which is really not meant to be, not rushed, meant to be rushed, just because I don't want to have things spoil for me. And I find that really frustrating because it's just like, guys, come on. Like, mm. Because it's the way that the game has been crafted and the reason I'm so impressed with Metal Gear Solid Five, it's just so rich and dense. It's like a... It's like, like a compacted biscuit. Yeah, I like um, the way. I like the way they just they just give you like nice you really elegantly addressed both the issues of richness <laughs> and denseness there in that biscuit analogy. I've eaten a lot of biscuits tonight. Right? <laughs> There's biscuits on the brand. I just like the idea where they give you like they give you the tools to do stuff and then just go go off and do whatever you want. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> do it. Um, do it however you want to do it. I think what's amazed me most about it actually is uh, I've always been a kind of like a boring bastard with these games and I've been like no I'm not going to get seen I'm going to be super stealthy whereas in this I actually enjoy um, going off the rails a bit which is something usually I don't like I didn't like it in Dishonored Dishonored was like be a stealthy guy, but then I didn't actually there wasn't get much. Too much off the rails in Dishonored, though, was there? It was all a, a tightly knotted ball of no, no. Will. Yeah. <laughs> when, I say, when I say like going off the rails, I mean like I'm going to kill some people. Right. Okay. All oh, right. In Dishonored, I always felt like when I was going on a murderous spree, that like I'd messed up and I didn't yeah. really take much glee in it, even though they really made an effort to make it so that the stabbing was all very nasty. Yeah. I didn't. I think that's like what it is, it. like feeling like you fucked up. Like, yeah. And, and like this doesn't, I don't think five makes you feel like that at all. Oh, it's unless just like, you get to the end of level screen where it says it gives you all the things you did that fucked your score up, which is all the things you're just talking you d- about I, now. I don't, I don't feel like it's... Um, and you get called a chick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an octopus now. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like it's, it's as bad. I think the new... Um, it doesn't make you feel bad in the actual mission. Yeah. It's still fun to play, yeah. The, the new Splinter Cell was like that as well. Like the, the new, like it, it, instead of like at the end of the like level being like, oh, this is what you've messed up on. They give you a rank, but like you're weighted in terms of like three different things. So I think it's like um, they, they're in animals, and I can't remember them. But it's just basically like a vole. No, it was like three different animals. One of them is stealth. One of them is like completely all out, and then one is in the middle. I think it's like panther. I think or that's what like that. this does. Yeah. It basically just measures how you're doing across the board, and then gives you a different rank. But basically, it means if you want to go for just all out offensive. Yeah. 
blowing stuff up, then it will just give you a rank for that. And just yeah. goes, all right, this is the sort of person you are. You're the sort of person who blows everything up. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. You're getting it done. Yeah. Um, and even though actually I like that it isn't a case of being like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to shoot everyone. Yeah. I remember in uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, that was always like the resort of like, I can't be bothered. I'm just going to kill everyone. Yeah. It was always really easy. Whereas in this, it's like if you decide to go in guns blazing, that's quite hard in its own regard. It's really like hard, yeah. some of the bases, when you've got lots of things coming after you, it's like yeah. ah. I was, yeah, I did a bit last night. I've I've got my housemate's brother staying with me at the moment, and he's a gamer, so he was sitting behind me while I was playing. And I was like, I, I don't care about talking to you. I'm just going to do Metal Gear, and like, I'm sorry, you have to watch it all. And he was like, No, no, I'm I'm into it. And uh, <laughs> it was this bit where I was just like doing everything amazingly, and I was running through this base, and I was like, Oh my god, this is done perfect. And then I just like do 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 sort of looked. I was like, Oh, that rocket launcher looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah, oh, don't worry. <laughs> just run off, and it's like going bunk, 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 like shooting, like you know, like the mortars that go like in the air and just yeah. land. I was just like, oh, if I shoot this mortar, that'll blow up. That'll blow up. That'll blow up. Boom! <laughs> <Just visit. laughs> if I just find this rocket launcher, that's gonna blow up. Science. This week on Science with Gavin Murphy. <laughs> and the thing is, like, if I'd seen that at the beginning, that's how I would have done it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually took a while to play around with explosives myself because yeah. I was like, well, no, it's a stealth game. And then mm. I was like, well, actually, I want to see what the... I, it got to the point where I thought... They put it in. <laughs> yeah, I thought, hang on. This game's really... I mean, I'm playing it on PC and I'm amazed yeah. how good it looks. Mm. It's, like, stunning. And I kind of thought... I bet the explosions look are nice in this and it's just like yeah they're bloody lovely yeah. and then realising as soon as I started using explosions that it's actually got like destructible environments as well yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like wow this mm. game is just just blowing me away in every regard but I like the way that it is does that is your PC totally, top level tricked out bullshit or no not quite can you get away with a, deep, not really. a five year old PC I think you might be able to, yeah. Mm. I don't know, um, but it's. I mean, it, it runs beautifully and smoothly on mine. It's yeah. not super high end, but I've got. It's you know a nice PC. I use it for editing, so it's yeah, like yeah. it's reasonably decent. Um, All right, I will buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> You've been thinking about buying a new computer ever since Steve bought one. I keep yeah. buying. Yeah, it's, it's how. Sorry, when Steve you put, is you've got, a... I've got precious little to do with my time, so I just do it with the money I make from selling beer to. Alcoholics. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I should say Steve, as in Steve Hogarty, who's on this podcast and yeah. with us on regular features as well, yeah. just so it's not us talking about our friends and being confusing. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just I got the grenade launcher and I just started killing people. And I, what I like though is because yeah, when I'm doing the missions, that's like serious hat on. That's like okay, super stealth. Yeah. Try not to kill anyone. Try and do everything without getting spotted as much as possible. But then in between, when you're doing the side ops, that's what yeah. I like. It reminds me of in uh, Red Dead Redemption where you put the bandana on. It's like, this isn't real. This isn't. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's really Snake, which means that if I want to rock up with rocket launchers and grenade launchers yeah. and just kill people, I just do. And it's great because I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. You feel like a genuine war bastard. And it's, it's fucking awesome. That's a really good point, though. Of it, it doesn't feel like it's actually part of like the actual story bit. And I, I, I kind of that's I, maybe that's why I don't feel so bad about doing it either. But I, it kind of like remind like in Far Cry Three, I spent so much time going around and doing the outpost in that as well. And I spent like I hated Far Cry Three, but I loved doing that particular bit of it because yeah. you, you rock up to an outpost and you're like, right, how am I going to do this? And you like properly scope it out and be like, oh. There's a tiger over there. I'm gonna do that, and I feel like the same way with Metal Gear as well. It's like, yeah, you just sort of sit around for a bit, going, "Okay, how can I do it?" And be like, "Oh, mortar, never mind. <laughs> That's how we do it." Yeah, now. <laughs> I actually quite like it, and I also like the fact that it, it, if I remember in Far Cry Two when they first started doing those mm. things, and actually in all of them now, 
you always get bloody spotted by them, don't you? Whereas now in this, you have I won't explain why too much, but you always have the tools you need to like just quite easily get past stuff without being seen. Yeah, which means if you've got an outpost and you just can't be bothered, you just go past it. Yeah, but most of the time I kill them all just because it's fun. Yeah, uh, and there's not many of them. It's like yeah, and you get some points, some hero points. Yeah, but it's just. What I love about what it is... What do you do that loses you hero points? Is it killing... Getting seen, taking shit in your hand, throwing it at your horse's face. <laughs> <laughs> he hates that. Just doing your shit and then just sitting in your own shit and rolling around. That's yeah. not you what you're do. <laughs> Stop rolling in your own shit. <laughs> Naughty. Bad snake. The amount of times that I've like, jumped on my horse, seen a guy, and then, do you know when you do that thing when you like go on the side of your horse and you went down there, you just pop him and shoot him in the head? It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's it's just so many simple little mechanics that are all so robust, and the yeah. way they all interact with each other, it just begs to be experimented with. And I mean, that's what I'm talking about it's with just this kind of so effortless. It makes you wonder how anyone else makes a shit game as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the best. Well, of course, like, it's obvious this is great. Why, why wouldn't anyone else make this game? Why hasn't it been made a hundred times before? <laughs> it's just weird how effortlessly they stroll in and have just made a better Far Cry game than any Far Cry yeah. game, and they've been doing it for years. Yeah. And this is the first time they've tried to do it. But then at the same time, it still retains so much of the DNA of, of what it felt like when you were playing a Metal Gear Solid, a Metal Gear Solid game. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> uh, of sneaking into bases and stuff. You yeah. know, when you're still doing the big missions where you go into a base, you're like, wow, this is yeah. still a Metal Gear Solid base. But it's just the fact that you get to approach it from a whole bunch of different angles. Yeah. And uh, also just it's so cool seeing all these mechanics, like stuff from... I remember being so excited in Metal Gear Solid 2, the fact that you could sneak up behind guards with a gun, and then if you got really close to them and they yeah. hadn't seen you, then they put their hands in the air, and you could basically frisk them and interrogate them. It's like, that was a fun thing in Metal Gear Solid 2, but it was a gimmick. Yeah. And there was never any reason to do it. It was like collecting dog tags and stuff. But here, yeah. it's like, it's great, because it means when you're doing like a hostage extraction mission, you're just like, right, well, I could go and find the hostage myself, or I could just... Like find someone on their own and You'll find out interrogate yeah, yeah. And it, it oh, just yeah. feels like a culmination of all the cool ideas that Metal Gear Solid's had over the years. Yeah. It feels this is the Metal Gear Solid game. It's like this is the game that makes it all work. Mm. Oh, I can't wait to play more of it. Yeah, I had a bit it's of a chat like this really does excite me. I'm going yeah. to why am I sat here talking to you, bricks? <laughs> I've got so few spare hours. Why am I wasting them with you? <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. But um, yeah, it's I'd, I'd really recommend it actually, just to people who aren't into Metal Gear Solid because I was I'm just amazed by what it is because yeah. all of them for a long time have just been these things of like you you play them for hours and then most of the time you're just sitting watching cutscenes I love the fact that the first hour of the game is just like not that interactive a lot of story and then afterwards you're just in this but, amazing sandbox man that first hour I mean the details aren't but it's like remember oh I'm sorry how unprof no I'm professional I'm going to have to take this <gasps> How you doing? Oh my we have to guess what he was going to say now. What's up? The first hour was... Oh, and the light is going crazy out there as well. It's like yeah. flickering on and off. This is this is mental. This is like the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm sorry, the lighting <laughs> in my house is on the fritz. It's not me doing some sort of experiential theatre in which I turn my oh, house God, into that's... a horrible sequence. Something bad's happened. Something bad's happened. It's fine. Log's in work mode. But yeah, the first hour was... Uh, we're just going to have to guess what Log was going to say. What do you think he was going to say? I think he was going to say that the first hour does feel like Metal Gear Solid. It, it feels does. Like, it feels like the shit, like, I know you don't like 4, and I don't like a lot of 4, but it feels like the worst part of 4 for a while. Yeah. Um, and then 
like there's some interesting stuff happening where you're just like, oh, story-wise, I really want to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I quite um, enjoyed it, but I was like, in a weird way, lots of people pre-release were like, oh, it apparently has a really sparse story. That sounds terrible, but I love it. Like right yeah. now, I love that it just it felt so weird that it was like, oh, now just go and do a bunch of missions. Yeah. And after the missions, there wasn't any story. It was yeah. just like it wasn't like a cutscene at the end of it, something like that. Which is like, I just doesn't feel, feels stuff. less like a game. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Commandos, actually. Yeah, that thing of being like. Yeah. giving you simple missions like yeah. one of the missions I loved actually and it has got yeah. amazing replay value as a game I think mm. because you just want to try the missions again you're like I'm going to come back later when i got better stuff Yeah, just like kill three of these generals they're all gravitating towards one point they're going to have a meeting kill them all yeah. like, and you're supposed to kill them all when they're having the meeting but you don't have to and so you just have like so many different approaches and it reminds me a lot of like Hitman Blood Money oh yeah okay um, but even I just love you can get mad. And there's been a few times where I've got really pissed off with a mission. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to disable all your communications. Yeah. And then I'm going to come at you with a grenade launcher. And you're going to be on your <laughs> radio. He's like, oh, this guy, grenade. But it's not going to work. Yeah. And uh, I felt like a really, really horrible person. Yeah, I've been playing um, GTA Online Heist, like, quite a lot. And, like, doing those in a team. But then doing them, like, literally going, okay... This is what we have to do. And that's all they say is that they show you what they say. This is what is expected of you. Do that in an intro, you know, in the best way you think is possible. And I think that's amazing. They just go, and you're just like, okay, how am I going to do this? And then you do it like the first time you'd be like, okay, well, that was the worst way to do that. And yeah. you go, well, how about we just do this? And you actually like, when you feel yourself going, oh my God, this is going to be the best way of doing it. And then you do something and it goes off perfectly. You're just like, this is the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And that's, I found myself already like, for, uh, slapping myself on the mental wrist and being like what, what are you doing like because yeah. rather than carrying on with the story I've been like replaying missions quite a lot and just right. like oh no I want to do it again and just jumping in and being like ride on my horse really quickly to this point and I like, get out of my sniper rifle and just, just trying to perfect a little plan in my head yeah just to when you kind of what's he doing he's taking a phone call right outside the door <laughs> he's got the whole flat and he's having a conversation right outside the door so all I can hear I hope it, I don't think it's going to get picked up on the recording but all I can hear is log talking on the phone <laughs> It's unbelievable. You can go anywhere. Yeah, it's funny now. It is. It is funny. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I like the idea. I like the idea where they've just gone. Okay, we've made this amazing world. You go have fun in it. Yeah, absolutely. It basically feels to me more like Red Dead Redemption than any other like game since Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, felt more like Red Dead Redemption than most Metal Gear. Yeah. Than it does a Metal Gear Solid game, frankly. Mm. Um, and I just I want a lot of people to play it. Sort of thing yeah. where it's like it's I'm very. So sorry, cool. but I've had to fix the problem with the book. It's fine. No, you could have done it. Could have not done it just outside the door. But it's fine. <laughs> Are you still recording? Yes. Yeah. We carried on. We carried on recording. We do this as live as I if it's going to cut it out so I could restart my amazing observations about the similarities between we the went on level and, of Tomb Raider we, and Metal Gear Solid 5. We, we just, went on and guessed. <laughs> we, just, we just guessed what you said and then carried on the conversation. Do you want to go back and say what you were going to say? Nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave them dangling. They can work out their own similarities. Well, we yeah, I'm sure there are some. But yeah, it's a uh, it's very good game and uh, you should definitely check it out. I mean, it's just a bit of a shame that it's, like, it's one of these weird things, especially now. Like I've got to say, having got to the point with quiet in it, mm. it just feels like such pointless marketing bollocks. It's like all of the thing about being like, oh, what's the point? Why does this character have to be naked? And he's like, oh, you'll feel bad when you find out why. And then you find out why and you're like, I don't feel bad. That just seems like really, <laughs> really bad narrative that you've sort of put in to make yourself feel better about the fact that you've got 
are basically naked. Not because something you which... invented made her have to <laughs> yeah, do it. Exactly. Mm. You're the one making the game. You'd be like, <laughs> you'll find out when you were the reason. Like, whatever reason, you made the reason. <laughs> I honestly don't know even... I, I kind of suspect there wasn't even an auteur decision. I kind of feel like... Because it's such a side thing that you don't even... Ha- you don't even have to have it or do it, but it's been such a big part of the marketing that I kind of think... Yeah. Is this just something they've shoved in because they know it'll market well and they know it'll be in screenshots and they know that every bloody media outlet in the world whenever they have a story about Metal Gear Solid 5 on the site will have a picture of her and it's like yeah probably yeah but I don't mind I do mind that I don't mind that so much as is it designed to provoke debate between GG and SJW (laughs) has he done that has he deliberately stirred that horn in its nest as part of some ongoing actual Metal Gear storyline in which he takes over the world with an AI Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's in today's climate. I don't know. <laughs> Who can say? I think the answer to that is probably almost definitely he not. He just likes tits. I think he just likes tits, and yeah. he knows that tits will sell games and sell toys. But it just feels like really weirdly incongruous for a game which actually is a lot less out there and left field than most Metal Gears. Yeah. It still has some weird stuff, but it's mainly surreal. Um, but it's one of these things where you're just like, oh, why do you, what's the point? What's wrong with you? What is this bullshit? Yeah. Just leave it out. Anyway, um... It'd be good if on the last mission it all zoomed out and the whole of the game had been played out on the surface of Quiet's tits. <laughs> You're going to feel bad when you get <laughs> What have I told you about spoilers? <laughs> Seriously, Log. Twice. Oh, no. Unbelievable. Okay, um, that's enough about MGS5 for now. Um, okay. Do you want to tell me about a game you've been playing which um, you've become actually a bit obsessed with and I'm sort of surprised by that but not surprised Showering with your dad simulator 2015. That's um, the one. When I was it called? How so there's, no, there's a subtitle that I've forgotten. How to shower with your dad and so make do you still shower and, with your dad? Is that do it? Do you still shower with your dad? Yeah. That's what it is. How yeah. do you know that? So, you played it. Yeah, I don't know how to play. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't know something about it. I, I when I saw the trailer ages ago, and it's like the trailer is like a parody of um, like a, uses a Kanye West song in a kind of like parody on this social network trailer that was. I just really something about it really made me laugh and then when I played the game it also really made me laugh it does look very charming it's really charming I think like when we talked about it today you were just like yeah it's exactly you're right that's what it is it's like a silly playful game that is something about every every person has to go through in their life like showering with their adult yeah I think it's made it's well, parent. It's, it's mainly, I was always bathed as a child so to me it just seemed like whimsical beyond the realms of reality but what about when you went to the swimming bath yeah. with your dad Oh, it's that. Yeah, because mm. you because there's that's that's the why there are the dads there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, then it's just lovely. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> that's exactly what I think. Yeah. I've seen some people talking about like, having a bit of debate about it and being like, "Oh, it's a bit. Is it weird? Is it making like?" And I think one of the things is it has sparked off lots of people to make like really off-color jokes Awful, about like yeah. child abuse, which is just fucking horrendous. But. It's a shame because, as with a lot of naive things, were, that's often what happens. But well, I don't know how naive the developers are. It's all done in such a very knowing way. I don't think naivety is what motivated them. No, I don't know. But I don't. I don't think monstrous sort of allusions to child abuse were their intentions either. But no. naivety, no. No, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know, man. I, I, like when you play that game, I mean, you look at it. I think I don't think there's any intention. Like basically, I think a lot of people have. Well, so I've read. That someone's saying that they're making a joke about child abuse, like, no, in, no, like certainly inherently making a joke about child abuse. With that, it's just fucking not true. But it's weird. It's like it's. It, it, I think of what I don't know. Perhaps it's just because I knew they were talking to me as well. I was like, you, I can't shower with my dad. He's seventy years old. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be arousing at all. 
<laughs> do nothing for anyone. I like how at the beginning where you like you generally were just like, oh, I feel a bit out of this because I was always put in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think it was like a generational thing? You're like, oh, we we did our shower when I was growing up. A shower was invented. <laughs> Tin battle in the middle of the lounge. <laughs> No, wasn't a tin bath large enough for both me and my dad? For a sad what, story. Were you both enormously well no, hung? I was talking, wasn't about, I? talking about you. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's where I get it from, yeah. Log. Uh, but no, yeah, it, it just—I don't know. I haven't even played it, but just watching the trailer, it, it did remind me of some, something I'd just completely forgotten about. That period of your life where you are basically very young and just walking around swimming pool showers, being surrounded by Some lots of men cock. with big dog. Yeah. Dongs. Big dogs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's the You're first time I've realised that poodles weren't massive. They just had a lot of hair. It was amazing. Oh, it was a eye-opener on many levels. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like, it looks like there's not a lot... To, for 79 pence, right? It, look, it looks like... You see, it's like, really stylish as well. It's really... The music is fucking brilliant. Um, but it looks like... It's basically that one screen that you've seen, which is like you are one kid and you have to find which you have to match the kid to the dad. Um, and that is how it goes for a little bit. But then you unlock different stuff and you can see how like that is how the joke started. That, that it must have, I must have been at some kind of like game jam or something like that. And you see that that's where it started. And then the more it goes, you can see there's more developers just got really, really ambitious with it. So there's a bit where it's kind of like Flappy Bird where you're in a bath and you're shooting stuff and you basically you have to shoot the other dads, but not not shoot your dad he has to jump in the bath with you um, then there's another one which is like flying through space uh, <laughs> and you have to catch your dad um, and then I did the, one of the oh, original modes that's open is where their dads are falling from the sky and you yeah, have to grab, have to them, grab your them arm is your arm or your dick yeah it's like but the fir- my first thought is oh no 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 this is rock no it's my arm it's fine <laughs> it's <my> arm. <laughs> I'm not but, shooting off a ten foot no I'm not even going to say the word but the, <laughs> la- the last time that I played it I unlocked this mode called Sopico and it's like an adventure game where you're the da- you're the you're the dad. You've got to like walk around this little bathroom, clicking on things like try, use, push, put. It's, it's well, this weird. is the next thing is I've heard like lots of people talking about it, and there are suspicions that maybe because it's got quite a large file size for the game as well. Right. There are suspicions that this game is actually Frog Fractions too. Right. Okay. You guys familiar with Frog Fractions? No. It's, I never played it. I heard people gushing a bit about it. It was all right. Like I've got to be honest. Like it was all right. What it was, was it? a kind of comedy game, and the problem I had is I didn't think it was as funny as it thought it was. But the idea was that the idea was great. Mm. It was the idea that you were basically a frog on a leaf thing. What are they called? Lily leaf. Lily pond. pad. Lily pad. The yeah. one. Oh, yeah. fucker. I got it right. Um, I was just after him, so that's. Uh, <laughs> you you both got it right. Silver. <laughs> you both got it right. Um, but you had to like catch like. Flies in your mouth, and right. it was it was done as if it was a kind of educational, like a mock educational game. If you have to like collect the right butterflies, the right numbers, and it's like two and then times, and but it was all nonsense, and it involved like yeah, like tiny like fractions, and it didn't make any sense, and it was sort of this impossible maths game where it didn't matter what you did, you seemed to be just doing great and getting right. it all right. Okay, um, oh, but, so is it taking the piss out of our participation as his own reward culture? Is that what it is? It might have been. Well, I've no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But then Don't it was, encourage kids. So are people are saying them. that it's because of that because of the the arm physics. Or well, no. The thing like with the thing with frog fractions is it then went on to be really odd right. in that you collected some stuff and you could buy upgrades and you could buy like a turbo tongue and all this mad stuff and and then you could buy an upgrade which I think like it was like 
I don't know what it did, but I think the joke was that it was either something like you bought something which was an illegal upgrade and then you got arrested by the frog police and you got taken to jail and you escaped jail and went to space rocket. And it was basically a sort of endless adventure where you just, you, you kept having to play different games and at one point that was an adventure game. Right. And it just kept changing genres and changing stuff right. constantly. And it was it was fun and I enjoyed it, but it was that thing of, I don't know, especially as we all do kind of funny stuff, I just kept thinking the whole time, I thought, this is a really good idea. But it could be funnier. Like, Tighten your script up. Yeah, the writing is not quite as funny as it should be. Um, or could be. But anyway, it was it was much loved because of the fact that it was this idea of being like, oh, play f- if you if I hadn't known anything about it, it probably would have surprised me a lot more. But right. people already said to me, oh, it's this really mad, weird thing. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? Uh, that, nothing kills you when saying, oh, it's the mad, oh, God, blue mama. Fun mad. Yeah. But then they did a, uh, I think, I might be wrong, I think they did a Kickstarter or something for Frog Fractions 2. Or something else. Right. But then it was this weird thing where they were like, oh, yeah, you'll get access to it when it is revealed or when you can find it or something. Right. Or it might have been a Kickstarter for another game name that wasn't anything that people were like, is this Frog Fractions 2? So the interesting thing is that Frog Fractions yeah. 2 is a bit more interesting to me now than Frog Fractions because it's this thing of like, it's a game that might already exist, but people don't know what it is. It might be a game hidden within another game. Uh, that's really cool. And that's just, I mean, that's just more like urban myth. I don't yeah. think that's anything even that the devs have necess- necessarily <laughs> done. But it means that it's this weird thing. So, people are looking for it in things. Right, you know? okay, it's an yeah. RG that you might not even realise you're playing. We yeah. could. This could be Frog Fractions too. Fuck it out. And the... Or three. What that- if Frog Fraction 2, though, is actually like a child abuse simulator? <laughs> so, I mean, like, I made this video this week going, oh, yeah, this game I thought was really fun. Now I'm on a podcast talking about how I think it's fun. And now I'm making... You're complicit. Yeah. Complicit as fuck, Gav. Box, 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 box. No. Well, you go to jail. Obviously, you get tried, but... Shit. Not jail. jail. <laughs> no, real jail. Oh. That's much that, worse. The jail in that corner is not, it's not a real jail. <laughs> I know it says Dark Souls Jail and it looks like a jail, but actually if you just <laughs> press very firmly against the wall. <laughs> you look locked I, I thought you had Daft Souls Jail written on your wall. It's your, it's your naughty step. <laughs> oh, I radioed you and you were in the room. <laughs> that shouldn't work. I mean, wh- whether or not it is that, I thought the 20 minutes that I played of it was very funny. And I, it was interesting that it unlocked all these different modes and stuff because I didn't expect it to do that at all. Um, may, and the pubes, yeah, I think the seventy-nine p really is funny. the seventy-nine p is a great way of um, making you expect very little. Yes, and also I do like the fact that the dad jokes delivered are delivered by dads with their penises out. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're like lying down, <laughs> so wearing a lumberjack shirt with an axe and his dick hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> which is. <clears throat> Is that Honestly. something you just like to see in life anyway, generally? Yeah. Dad jokes delivered by dads with their dicks out. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'd pay for it, but £100, £100 an hour. Yeah, they're, they're, like with you were saying about. I wonder if this is going to be the next like comedians in car with coffee. <laughs> dad jokes, dad's selling dad jokes with their dicks out. Yeah, I, I think we should pitch it. It, it is a great choice of dad jokes as well. Classic, have you had a haircut? I had them all cut. Yeah. It's really good. Re- that is a dad joke. Those really harmless good, yeah. dad jokes, full on harmlessness, coupled with dicks. Having his dick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like it. Good, good. Well, it looks like fun. It looks like harmless fun. I think it is. I'd like to. Th- I hope it's harmless fun. 
<laughs> have, you not, have you unlocked all the modes yet? I don't think so. Um, well, there you go. Sobaco <laughs> Sobaco is bloody hard. <laughs> You've got to keep going. Yeah. I, I want to know what the final thing is. Yeah. And is it even the final thing? Mm. See, now that makes me not want to find out because it's like I'll just be thinking all the time, like, this has got to be it. This has got to be it. Well, there's, yeah. well, there's dad loadable content, isn't there? Yeah, but you unlock that. Oh, I didn't know. I haven't got that far. Dad loadable content is the stuff that you unlock by doing. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm doing good. In I'm the sorry, game. I really like this game just because it has that <laughs> dad loadable content in it. It sounds fucking made up. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's just yeah. a great pun. Exactly, yeah. I never realised the word dad was. Would become so funny with repetition. No. It's it's a great word. I'm just yeah. I think if we carry this on, I'm just going to be laughing constantly. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. I like it. Should we talk a little bit about until dawn? Yes, because I like that. Did you I'm like going that? to I'm going to retire into my questions only mode. I think we'll be interested in this. What is will. what is until dawn? Well, we had it explained to us last week by Jim Trinker as uh, kind of like being a cross between Scream and some other stuff. Um, it's sort of an interactive. Ah, like one of the Telltale games we have to make choices. But yeah. the difference here is the choices actually affect the game. And that's not me being like, oh, sick Whoa. burn. Yeah. <laughs> wow, the, some of the things, the choices you make will have in-game consequences. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. Like uh, in Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> no, actual, like actual yeah. change the game. It actually does this because it's a Sony game that's... I think Jim described it best as being like... It looks like it's kind of a quantum dream game. Like It looks like it's a, a David Cage game, but without all of the... Without David Cage being involved. Yeah, without, without David Cage being involved. Yeah. Dodged a bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's... Good. It's, it's really fucking polished. It's like it, it's basically like it's, it's you know it's made by Sony who own all these like movie obviously you know really big into movies as well as video games. So it feels like you're watching a Sony film. Um, and it's got really good cast as well. It looks well. fantastic. Yeah, it's got a really good cast. It's got um, the guy who's playing Mr. Robot at the moment. He's really really good. It's got really real people, hasn't it? Yeah. Real people, like, doing real things. Yeah, um, and they they behave like actual humans, and the graphics are really, really good. Yeah. And so, it, but for me, it just has lots of things. Like, you know, in Alan Wake, you know how it's just, like, walking through the trees, which is kind of amazing? Yeah, Walking yeah. through with a flashlight. Mm. It has that thing. Yeah. Basically, you spend a lot of the game, from what I've played, of, like, three or four hours, walking <clears> through woods yeah. with a flashlight and being able to aim your flashlight around and just being scared... And oh, was this Trinker's Walking Simulators video? I don't... Oh, sorry, rewind. Carry on where you were from. No, yeah. Um, I didn't want to derail you. And basically, it's a horror game where you're in control of lots of different characters. And because it's doing that cinematic thing, it has this hilarious bit at the start where it goes, the butterfly effect. Yeah. And then tells you what the butterfly effect is saying. Oh, one thing that happens can change everything. And does this really <laughs> happy thing of like basically trying to explain to maybe people who don't play games very often... It, the choices you make will change what happens. Yeah. So the idea is it takes about seven hours to complete, but then you can play it again and behave differently, and it, it will just be different. Like, already about two people have died in my game. Yeah. But you can complete it with no one dying? Presumably. Really? Yeah, apparently that's possible. I don't want to know how, because... How fuck? I have no idea. Because, like, <laughs> without like, going into spoilers, so, uh, the, so the first person that died, second... No, first person that died for me... It was a choice between two people, and I actually suspected one person wasn't all they seemed. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go for the other person, because there's no way that that person that I suspect yeah, I know no, something I- about is going to die. No, they fucking died. You know what? That's the same thing I thought. Yeah. I thought, but there must be something else. There must be a third option somehow. Yeah. I have a clue. So but that's I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm having that thing, which I sometimes get 
in video game presentations where you're explaining something to me and I can't imagine it. Right. And that always makes me suspicious have of you video played, game. Like, have you played Heavy Rain? Yeah. It's like that, but it's a horror film. And a lot better. Okay, so how do you step out? Okay. Oh. Well, just, is it just branching sort of decisions? Branching, some decisions are invisible and they all no, sort of like, um, they're bottlenecks where all the things get tied you're back shown, again or what? You're shown whenever things have had an effect. And yeah. the choices you make, um, basically the best way to describe this game, and I think this is really interesting, is when you play games like Telltale games, all of the choices now are morality-based. You know, it used to be like black and white morality yeah. games. That was the thing. And then it became but, everything's grey. And every choice you make, oh, it's going to be good for some people, bad for some people. But they were yeah. all explicit choices with consequences. Yeah. In this, the choices you make largely relate to how you want the characters to behave. And it's not actually about, like, do you want to go this way or do you want to go this way? When you say characters, do you have control of more than one yes. character? Yes. Yeah. It's okay. split between them. the party, basically. It's basically like a stereotypical like weekend at a you know, a camp or like, uh, what is it, cabin, like a cabin spooky in the woods lodge. thing, yeah, basically. Okay. But the idea is that... <laughs> they should have called Cabin in the Woods Spooky Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the worst name for a film ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you jump between the characters, and that's another nice thing, because it seems like basically, it. I hope this is what they've done. It seems like, you know how they say the best like stories are driven by character mm. like yeah. development, not like events. It seems like that's what they've gone for here in the fact that the choices you make, what they have an impact influence on is how the characters feel about each other, which means you make a choice. And if you choose to act like a dick to that character, then it means that that character, you, you don't like each other very much yeah. anymore. Whereas if you choose to try and like maybe have an olive branch, because the thing is, they're all dickheads, yeah. right? That's the crucial thing about this game. Yeah, they're all fucking dickheads. Like the worst okay. types of people in the worst, like two, like late two thousands remake horror characters, basically. Okay, like right. That's what these people are. It's like there's thirteen or so people, maybe ten, and they're all assholes. And actually, you start off thinking, oh, I hope they all fucking die. Yeah, I don't like them at all. But then the interesting thing is the choice you get to make, and this is what I mean about it's not morality. It's not like oh, do this or that. Yeah. Every time you get a choice, it mostly boils down to. Do you want this character to continue behaving like a horror movie arsehole? Hmm. Or do you want them to behave in a way that subverts that? And it, Ooh, it basically now, means... Now I'm getting a little bit more interested. Yeah, yeah you, I think you'll like it because it means that if you really don't like a character, in my head I think, well, I can have them carry on like a dick and then when they, it, get, yeah. when they get killed, I won't feel bad about it. Or yeah. you can be like, I don't like the way this character is behaving and you can actually shift it away. So it means if you want to have a slasher film experience where all of the characters are assholes, they all behave like idiots and then they all get themselves killed, you can do that. Yeah. But if you want something where the horror movie, the people spot things and they don't behave badly and they might have a better chance of yeah. surviving, you can do that as well. And it just seems to be like a really nice tailored horror experience. And I like that it's not like, oh, do you want to go in the spooky barn or do you want to go in the spooky river? Yeah. It is just this thing of being like, do you want to behave like an arsehole to this person? Yeah. Um, yes or no. And But then it does something else which I'm not going to spoil. But there's an element in the game which I fucking love. Yeah, it's in really the fact That it's basically... It's, it ensures that you do feel judged for what you are doing as a player. And it means that you are in charge of these people and it, their lives are in sort of in your hands. Yeah. And there's an element of the game which basically reminds you of that and questions who you are and what you're doing. And like questions about, you know, you might think that you're being a good person trying to look after them, but the game has an effort to make you to go, are you a fucking good person? Yeah. Like, oh, right, I'm going to play this. It's it very fantastic. cool. It's very, very cool. And it's completely surprised me because I, yeah. I just, 
it didn't interest me at all. Like when I first saw it, videos of it at E3 last year, I just I think I just yeah. blanked it from my mind because it was they had a trailer where it was a, a girl on a towel, a bit looking scared in a dark room or something. Yeah. And I was like, that's getting put straight in the box of shit. I'm not interested in at that's all. What, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that doesn't right. give away anything that sounds cool about it. Yeah. No. I um, I played like a preview thing. I think it was like December, and I played it, and I was just like, "That was all right." And then I found out that the people who are writing it and possibly producing it as well, like, are involved some really fucking good horror films, like the the Innkeepers, which is one of my favorite horror films of the last like ten years. It's so good, and they they I think they wrote that and they were involved with that film as well. And so actually, at one point, you see the Innkeepers poster on the wall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's they've got people who actually write films and stuff like that. So I think that's sort of part of the reason where it is clever. And it goes like these are the horror movie dicks that we all hate. And Innkeepers, if you watch that, doesn't have horror movie dicks. Like that was one of my favorite things about it. Like people talk like actual people, whereas these people talk like horror movie dicks but then as you say you have the ability to actually change that well it's um, like they're, they're, they feel like people I mean the voice acting is excellent the mo-capping is excellent and it's this this thing of they do you realise after a little while that they, they're they all behaving like dicks but actually they might not be dicks and it's that it's that opportunity of whether or not you want to coax out of them mm. do you want to actually like find out who these people are and make them behave like humans to each other or are you quite happy for them just to be idiots um, and but the, the interesting thing is I don't know. <sighs> I actually wrote a thing on this. Um, I, I won't say because I don't know if it's going to get published or not. But I wrote a little thing in the fact that I'm only about four hours in, and what I love about it is I don't really even know what this game is. Yeah, like it's doing all of these interesting. It's like things. Should I read that again? Yeah, <laughs> it's bloody the frog game, isn't it? It's, the, it's probably a frog fraction too. No, I don't, it's doing things with the narrative, and it's mm. doing things with the way it's like. It's asking me questions. I'm giving it information. It's tracking through the game. The choices I'm making are affecting the story. People are dying. And I don't know what the game's doing. So you're saying you hope it's as smart as you want it to be, basically. Well, I don't know. I just I'm, I, I like the fact that most of the time when I play video games now, I, I, within an hour or so, I've got it sussed. I know what's going on. I know what the system is. I know what that this sense game of is. walking with your yeah. eyes closed is so rare. I mean, it's like yeah, it was what. It's what most people's love of games is built out of, and it, yeah. just, it just disappears into repetition. Exactly, yeah. that's the thing. It's so hard to find that again. That kind of what am I? What am I actually playing here? What yeah. am I experiencing here? I don't know where it's going with it, and I find it interesting that even though I'm trying my best to be really careful and thinking about stuff, I'm still people are still dying. I don't know what's yeah. going on, and it's like I don't know if I'm just actually being not as clever as I think I am. But it gives you opportunities. I won't spoil anything, but it gives you these things. If you know how you have these. Um, there's kind of like really little red herrings in a, in a film, like in a horror film, where you'd be like, yeah, the obvious red herring, but then you have things where one of the characters does something, like the classic thing of like, oh, pretending to scare someone. Yeah. The character's like, oh, I'll pretend to scare you. And you think, well, don't do that, because then when the actual murderer turns up, you'll be like, oh, it's Johnny, yeah. he's messing around. It gives you the opportunity to do things like that with the characters, and you're like, don't fucking do that. Yeah. You need to be have your wits about you so it's this weird thing though but that's the way I'm reacting to the game I'm reacting to the game as, as a, a human trying to look after some other dickheads Yeah. whereas I imagine some people might just play it and be like I'm the director in a horror film and I'm going to watch you die yeah. and, and enjoy that aspect there is aspects of that in there like there's, there's one there's one character that I think you don't really get a lot of options to make him not a penis like and he's a giant dick in it and at one point you're in control of him you're just like you know what I don't want you in my game anymore like I don't want to have to even worry about what you do. Um, so there's one. <laughs> but bit then where he might. Like, but then the thing is, he might save the life of somebody yeah, else. Exactly. Keep him there. And I, I'm, I'm intrigued to finish it, and I'm intrigued to actually play it again because I, 
there's another element of it which is quite cool. These uh, totems, which are basically like what they put in oh, as collectible them. things. The fact that you pick them up and yeah. they basically just show you a flash of, yeah. of a possible future where somebody has died and it basically just shows you a split second flash yeah. of like a scene. And then, but you don't know how... It may or may not happen. Yeah. But then it gives you, it oh. might give you a clue. It might be like, well... And then sometimes you... Because it will be f- like shot from an angle. Yeah. You won't even recognise a scene and you suddenly have this thing where you go, oh God, this is this is a place where somebody might die. And yeah. then you have to be oh, like... Wow. On your edge of See, being like, what's going to happen? That's quite I do, I do like that, but this is where I think, like, they've fucked up a little bit, is, like, because I saw some people, some people were doing it in, like, seven hours. Like, some people were taking a lot longer than that. Like, mm-hmm. some people were taking longer than that. I think, like, one of the reasons I read was, like, ten hours. And I was just like, like, even seven hours. Well, some of the routes must be longer. Exactly, cause... yeah. And I think, like, even seven hours, I think, for that type of thing, where you're just like, all oh, the choices and stuff like that, like, I think that's too long. Because I, I generally saw that game. When I first played it, I was just like, wasn't that interested? And uh, a friend of mine who I work with was just like, oh, do you know what would be really cool? It's like sitting with, like, four people on your sofa, like, you know, with, with a couple of drinks, like, lights off, playing yeah. that. Then, like, as someone dies or something happens, you pass the controller around. So the first time that I got the game, that's what I was trying to do. And I was just like, we played it for, like, five hours. And then we was like, this is long. And then just, like, yeah. it doesn't have that thing. So I went into it thinking it's going to be this cool, like, almost party game. I, like actually, that. I did and exactly the same thing. My, uh, you know, my other half is not really interested in games, yeah. but I kind of thought, she might like watching this. Yeah, yeah. And she sat and watched me play it for about three hours. And then just like, yeah. she just said towards the end of the night, she was just like, can they all just die now? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I'm, I was like, because I was really into it. Because yeah, if you're yeah, the yeah. person walking through the woods with a flashlight, yeah. it's really, like, heart and chest tense. Yeah. But and she she's not like, interested in taking the controller. No, not really. Because Stuart wouldn't be interested either, my boyfriend. He's, um, yeah, he'd, he'd watch and he'd sort of indulge me for a bit, but if I hand him the trial, he'd just, no, yeah. this is your hobby. <laughs> this is your thing. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's a bit of a shame is the fact that it does have, like, QTEs in it, which means that it's that, like, QTEs are not, yeah. and some of them are really fast as well, so Ech. it's well, like, yeah, it's fine for me because I've been doing this for years, yeah. but, you know. Well, that's the thing as well. When, when we were playing it like that, it was just like, when it does give you, like, a, a route choice, and it's just like, do you want to go the easy way or the hard way? And you're just like, well, I'm going to go the hard way, but then people like the easy way. I was like, I would have liked to have seen what the other route was because hardware is just you have to be really quick at pressing the buttons yeah yeah it's basically um, like QTEs and they're fast yeah um, but I like it that, it is a good mechanic for getting attention is that, a, is that a character dies or doesn't die kind of thing as well I don't know I haven't failed one yet <laughs> I don't think so I think you just get probably just slowed down but maybe well, a good point I've never failed I've one I've never failed one either but I mean some of them are like jumping nah it can't be you do. it's got really fast and really hard QTEs but we haven't failed one between us I mean because we're, we're cool really let's have a high five no I don't think that you would die from that it's because I've been like really how worried you know, how do you know they're hard if you haven't failed one you probably press the button before they're fast man they're fast they're little wheels that spin around them good point it shows, it shows you how long you've got Okay, okay. And it, maybe it gives you just enough time to be like, okay, I know what you're like, smart. No, but it's still going to let you fail. What if you just don't have the controller? You go, oh, it's all fake. Like, it's all... Yeah, that's like a good a, one. You push... <laughs> this Dark Souls jail isn't even real. <laughs> I love it. It's like, none of the game is real. It's a fucking... It's a big video. And right at the end, you get frog fractions too. <laughs> it's all a weird dream. Uh, but no, I, I, I like the idea that I'm looking forward to finishing it because... I want to know if the context of having played the game then makes going through and playing again easier in terms of the fact that when when you're going through, you can have you've got these things that seem like red herrings and things that yeah. seem like really big red flags of being like, "Don't do that, you'll die." Yeah, that's going to blatantly like come back and bite you. 
but then maybe not. And actually, maybe when you finish the game and have a better understanding of what the arc is, <clears throat> it might be that thing of playing it again actually feels like a different game. It feels I like you're know. playing something different of being like, you've got the knowledge of what's happening and you're trying to use that to shape what happens. But I don't know. It's Maybe. It's an interesting one. I'm not convinced on how replayable it is. But I'm fucking loving playing the I'd like to play it again, I think. Yeah. I'd like to see what happens if you go through, because I've been really doing my best to wrangle them into positions where they're not being complete arseholes. Yeah. And it does feel like you're just like looking after kids. It's just like, Jesus, guys, stop it. <laughs> like randy kids just yeah. won't leave each other alone. <laughs> um, but I am kind of, I like the idea of playing it and just, just making them behave like dicks and just yeah. letting them be the monsters they want to be and see what happens another thing I do like though is you know you have like cl- like in any Mistra Hori game you have like clues that you go and find out oh a clipping from a newspaper yeah. oh a weird message oh ten years ago the foreman was accused of perfect they, exactly yeah, it, yeah. it's exactly that sort of stuff <laughs> hang on did you say perfect short memory is that the same story no no no, 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 no <laughs> it just no, no. may as well be yeah. you know it's like um, but I like the fact that the characters then you if you spend time going and finding that stuff yeah. then the characters reference it oh yeah that's so a good point so it means that if that character has seen that then it'll yeah. come a point in the story where they'll go this is weird I saw this whole thing and that there was an antiphone message and, and they'll actually it's just like how, where the whole idea of developing a game just becomes impenetrable to me I, all this just imagining the branching tree in the background of this thing I think oh, I can't do that and it gives me loads more respect for anyone who does bother their ass making a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of them are weird because some of the choices are so minor. You're like, well, how does that like yeah. change the outcome of stuff? But it does. It shows you what things matter. It has yeah. like butterflies whenever you made a choice that would have oh, like yeah. split off. And they're not that frequent. But, you know, you get like kind of one or two every chapter, which lasts about, I don't know, about half an hour each yeah. chapter, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. I'd really recommend checking it out, especially yeah, if you're not really interested in, in horror stuff. I like it. I'm not that interested in horror well, stuff. Well, I'm, I'm going to go and play it. I think you'll like it a lot. It's got some really, really full-on cat fights in it that made me sit there going, whoa, chill it, guys. She a bitch. Really, yeah, they are literally like really being very mean to each other. Um, and the boys are mostly quite cool. And yeah. that's when you say cat I'm, fights, do you mean just... Any two people having a fight, or do you mean it in the Seinfeld sense of men watching women having a fight? No, I mean that, yeah. I mean the Seinfeld sense oh, right. of, <laughs> of, of two women really, really getting very vicious with each other, verbally. That's the thing. Uh, when, I was, when I was playing it, I was just like, I don't understand how these people were friends. Like, because they, they talk to each other in a way that I was just like, no human talks to another person that's in the same room like that. It is weird, isn't it? I and also don't shit get horror films are like that. Like. I guess so, and I can also it's a horror film thing, a horror genre thing more than anything mm. else. But I always find it mystifying when you have these films and setting things like this, where all these characters are clearly like in their like early to mid mid twenties, yeah, and they're still just like woo free house, let's get drunk and have sex. Yeah. It's like, do you not? I think it may be because in the UK, like we've got a really relaxed approach to underage yeah. drinking that you kind of mostly get that out of your system by the age of. 1890. <laughs> well, there, there was a, there's a bit right at the beginning where you have to walk, you're walking to a party and it takes fucking ages. The friend that I was playing with, Sasha, uh, who doesn't play video games, she was just like, if my friend made me walk this thing, I'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I'm not climbing over a fence going to fire, I'm going home. Like, this is bullshit. Well, that's the thing actually, my other half who was watching it, she, she described it after watching it for three hours as being 
a shit tea movie that never ends. <laughs> which is, if you're watching, fair. But yeah. There is more to it's the still than fun. that. It's still fun. It's still fun. Okay, let's see if we've got some questions. Well, we definitely have. Okay, questions time. We've got a bunch of questions actually already on the site on the coolghost.net under the kind of Daft Souls post. I'm going to go through those, I think, next week with Quinns and whoever joins us because there's a bunch of really interesting questions on there. But for today, I'm just going to get some quick ones off Twitter because we're running a bit out of time. So, first up, we've got a question from Matthew Jeffrey. What's your favourite video game cabinet slash arcade machine and what would you... What would go in the King Billy? I think this is a question for you, Log, who, of course, runs the King Billy pub in Nottingham. The King Billy pub to which you are more than welcome. And uh, I do actually have a a customer at the minute working on a Raspberry Pi-powered main cabinet with a sort of... He's, he's, made, oh, cool. he's made a little box with a couple of joysticks and buttons on it. Awesome. He's um he's proven to be very slow at it though. So <laughs> if anyone else wants to make one, just fucking send it to me. I'm itching to get this. If running. you could have any arcade game though in your pub, well, you that's have? the beauty. Name. I'm going to have every arcade game in my home. But you uh, have to choose. Yeah. Pretend we're living in the past. I'd have Die Hard Arcade or the Simpsons Arcade game. Oh, we did fucking love them so much. That was the... The thing about the Simpsons Arcade, though, yeah. uh, that was playing on my first anniversary. I had a sort of one-year running the yeah. pub party. And we had this a prototype of this machine working there, and people zoned straight in on the Simpsons. Oh, really? Awesome. And like we had people just sort but of sit there and watch no, no, it's fine. People were sitting there watching it. It's like, I've never seen this game actually finished because it was designed to drain your money so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was yeah, hard. So, um, yeah, but infinite credits. Who knew? <laughs> actually, you can That's finish it. the game now. You know, actually, the Simpsons arcade game, I have a, a history with that. It's um, one of the, the earliest games I remember being really obsessed with. Mm. And it was on a, a camping trip in, in France where I was given, I think, a, a franc a day which was like before the Euros when yeah. France had their own funny money. Uh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. They've got their Crumb own custom. Franks. Well, that's basically the name of the country. Yeah. <laughs> but you dropped the E off. And that's what I would be like in alternate reality when I was a stand-up in the 1980s. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... I Instead of... I kind of cottoned on because what I was doing was spending like some of my money on ice creams and some of my money on the arcade machine. And, and then you found you could go hungry yeah. and play the... Yeah. Yes. So I thought, I'm not going to buy any ice creams so I was starving poor boy <laughs> no ice creams but I saved up all my money for like four days mm. and then I like basically binged and spent all of my coins I got to like stage five yeah. of the Simpsons arcade game but then later in life this is when I was really young later um, I went uh, to the ice rink in Altrincham with some friends and I got so hooked again I wanted to beat it is yeah. that I wanted to beat it because it was so fucking hard yeah. but I got I spent all of my money on the, the arcade Simpsons machine and uh, I actually didn't have any money. I couldn't and get is it, home. Is it lots easier with more than one player? Because, like, um, I can imagine you saying, come on, come on, play with me. And as everyone else saying, no, Matt, none of us care as much as you Yeah, do. pretty much. It's hard when you're on your own, uh, just generally in life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I, I spent all my money. So what, did, did someone give you some money to get home? I don't actually recall what happened. I think I had to call my mum. Um, I don't know what happened. <laughs> you use your last franc to call your mum from a police station. <laughs> there are f- this, no, this wasn't in France. This was in Altrincham. Oh, yeah. okay. So I didn't have. If, if I had francs, I would have still been fucked. Yeah. <laughs> don't accept them at Altrincham train station. But uh, no, yeah, that's one of the few times in my life where I've actually behaved very irresponsibly because of video games. Actually, at all, I, I'm usually quite like boring with that sort of thing. Mm. But I've run out. Of, yeah, it's addictive. That it should be banned. That that Gallagher. Gallagher. <laughs> you can't beat a bit of Gallagher. <laughs> All right, let's Mooncrester. Go. Fuck it, Mooncrester. Die Hard Arcade. Die Hard Arcade. I like Point really Blank. Good. Do you know why? Because it was quite easy. You always got yeah. your money's worth. Yeah, but Point Blank, you can't play with um, 
joysticks and buttons, can you? No, but put 50p in it, you get like 10 minutes on that. That, that was the, my biggest problem with the National Video Game Arcade is they had a point-blank machine in there. Right. And I got overexcited, ran towards it, the screen was off, I slumped down, and the man shouted after me in, when I was already in my defeated pose. Not working, mate. Oh, fuck thought, off. Fuck so you, you smashed it up. You're the National Video Arcade Game Arcade Machine Arcade. <laughs> You've des- I deserve better. <laughs> I hope you said that yeah. in your mind at least. I paid 25 quid to be a member of this. Uh, I'm sorry, I've just seen one of the fucking most boring tweets I've ever seen come through on your timeline. Fuck's sake, Skoda UK. It would be helpful if the tyre changing kit in the car had the correct size nut tool. You're a fucking nut tool, mate. <laughs> oh, you, you fucking boring prick. <laughs> you follow some sorts, man. <laughs> Dude, I like an eclectic, eclectic mixture of boring things in my timeline. Helps me to unwind. Uh, a question from Jesse Fox. Um, that's the that's the question. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> this is a good question actually. Um, what is the least prestigious award you've ever won? Probably something for fucking like coming second in like I don't know if you know about Wales. I'm from there, uh, but they have a thing called the Eisteddfod, which is like a folk festival. Right. So people go there and like choirs, um, like acting, like sort of uh, reciting and stuff like that. Probably for coming like second reciting some bullshit poem. Oh, you got most enthusiastic observer award. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they give out my medals quite willingly at those, so I'm sure I probably got loads of those that I thought were amazing and brought home. <laughs> Shit. What about you, Luke? You won, ever won, have you ever won an award which wasn't prestigious? I won an award for specialist writer online when my job was in print. <laughs> and it just goes to show you don't, it doesn't matter, does it? No, no one cares. No one's watching what you're doing. It's, it's just, just whether they specs. like you or not. That's, that's basically what it boils down to. It's pure nepotism. But getting a piece of plastic because people like you is still cool. Yeah. It's just not worthwhile in terms of... I would like else. a GMA this year, though, because it'd be nice to win one from outside the industry. And just go, fucking hell, I'm not even working in the industry anymore. I'm still better than you. Ah, sorry, that sounded egotistical. I'll think- sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won a series of awards uh, when I was at college for various sporting endeavours. Okay. Uh, which None of which were me. Oh. Uh, so I guess that's probably my answer. What do you mean? They weren't you? Well, there was a thing at my college where um, you could basically sign in. You had to sign in to do the sports activities. Right. But then you had to sign in. And if you were supposed to be in a lesson at that point, then you would sign in with someone else's name because then they wouldn't know that you were supposed to be in like German or whatever. Right. And so it meant that I would always sign in as my mate Billy. Right. I'd just okay, be like, yeah, yeah. I'm Billy. Dude, I can't remember his second name. Sup, yes. Billy? Um, but then it meant that somebody, and it was no one I knew, but somebody was signing in to all these sports events uh, during the week as me. And it meant that because whoever it was was apparently fucking brilliant. Really good at, at sports. sports. Uh, I get given them in, in the mornings. They'd be like, oh, Matt, there's another award for you. You've got gold in like basketball or something. Amazing. Yeah, I got loads of awards. That's funny. I was like a prime student. I was like, I've no idea who the fuck it was. I really like that. <laughs> always made me laugh um, that's nice uh, AC Godliman asks uh, well actually it's the second part of a, a question we might go to the question sorry Mr AC um, he's saying basically he was just saying about how he's much more forgiving of false choices in game stories now he's had a go at writing interactive fiction using Twine which is pretty much just echoes yeah. what you were saying about, yeah the more I imagine the different choices have it, it, is, it is from the second you do a choice think oh, I've, I've done one box 
Now I've done three boxes. Oh fuck! I've got to do seven boxes if I want to make any more choices. <laughs> you know what? Um, Fifteen boxes. Fuck this. There was actually an amazing talk at GDC last year by uh, one of the guys from Inkle who do things like Eighty Days and uh, uh, Sorcery, I think it is. And they basically, obviously, their, their bread and butter is having these like branching mm. story games. And they were explaining how they were like, "How do you do it? How do you do it? You have these endless trees of options." And he's like, "Well, the, the truth is, you just don't." Like, you have, like, lots of different choices which all then converge to, like, two things yeah. or three things. And you, you sometimes, basically, the way they do it is they have, like, for people who are difficult, they have, like, little branches where they can let people keep going on for a while. Like, no. keep going off on one as if they're, like, going to discover something really weird. But then they take it I think it that's, that's probably a classic mistake with things like... Well, I, actually, when I was playing Citadel of Chaos, the Final Fantasy, not fighting fantasy book... Mm-hmm. Um, I mapped out the first few pages and I did notice that there was a bulb thing there was a, there was a courtyard and there was three paths through the port courtyard and, and then I mapped out to... every, and it, then I got to a gate and everyone oh, what you did if you didn't die you got back to the same one oh. and that was a bit of a mind blower for me yeah and that's kind of how it works it's like you, you do give people choices sometimes but it doesn't actually branch off as much as it appears to you just cheat it but um, yeah, actually, that's a, I don't know if that's online, but you can watch some of the GDC talks, and uh, that was a really fascinating well, one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not completely the idea sort of kind of twig that there were tricks to it. I, I wasn't expecting that, like after seven choices, there'd be like 128 and yeah. go exponentially forever. Oh no, of course. But, but then, um, they found some amazing stuff in terms of like feedback that they could like make players feel a lot more engaged and a lot more believe in the choices a lot mm. more. They were talking actually anything sort of more impressive than the well, good ending, bad ending. Yeah. And UFO ending. Yeah, there was a, there was a, the bit that they mentioned, which actually I had clocked when I was playing, um, was the bit in 80 Days where there's a cruise. And I won't, I won't go into the stories, because if you haven't played 80 Days, you've really got to it. It's yeah. phenomenal. Um, but there's a bit in the cruise where basically it does something involving an item, and it uses an item that you've got on you, and it makes you feel like there's just been... It basically tricks you into being like, oh my God, there's that wouldn't have happened if yeah. I hadn't got that. And it gives you this sense of causality, but actually it's rigged in a way that, well, if you didn't have that, then it would have done it with something else. Um, but it is still really clever because it means that, obviously, the second time you go through the game, you you clock it and you go, oh, I see, it's a rigged, it's a trick. But the first time, it's just it's really impressive because you're just sitting there going, ah. And it's funny how you can just have these like little tiny details. They were talking about how, basically, if you want to have a game where consequence feels real, you don't go for the big things where you have, like... Mm. You, you go for tiny details that make just show them you're remembering stuff and you just say oh we remember that we remember yeah. that little thing that happened there and actually players are weirdly more forgiving if there's a big choice that ends up being that they didn't actually have a choice they're more forgiving of that as long as every now and then as long as yeah, when, yeah, when make I was us talk- feel like it yeah, yeah. when yeah. I was where, back when I was in the industry and I was interviewing the people for Human Revolution at DSX um, they were talking about how they were happy to write these fake emails and stuff like that for the 5% of people who'd find them because for those five people it would create the sense of passionate sort yeah. of investment in the game that, yeah. is, that was their reward and obviously, obviously people will talk about it as well online these days maybe they weren't bothered before the internet yeah but, but yeah it's that well, kind of well people can disseminate it through it now and they can just come out with the choice stuff and say oh this is really interesting and like compile it and put it on reddit which is kind of cool for people yeah. like us who can't be bothered to read everything absolutely yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting actually. I really I really love GDC for that sort of thing. It used to be like that with interviewing devs, and actually, it's one of the main things I miss about being a kind of proper journalist is getting to interview all these amazing, talented people. Mm. Um, so it's always good to frequently hot as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find that as much, but you know, 
Yes. Um, <laughs> that's that's one advantage for a gay man in the games industry. <laughs> a lot of dudes. A lot, a lot of, of dudes. A lot of dudes. Uh, Jimmy Robinson asks, uh, this is a, a tough question, would you play Metal Gear Solid 6 if Nigel Farage was the main character? Just imagine his grin in the helicopter. But the same fixated grin, but with sweat and soil <laughs> and a really look sweaty. of like, he's a broken man who's lost everything. He's just there picking his ingrowing toenail. And it Why just comes off in his music. hand and he goes, oh. Not Actually, even, I can not just... Even, <laughs> not, not even upset, just like, what's wrong with my body? Why is everything betraying <laughs> me? <laughs> I now have an image in my mind of that press conference. For those who don't know, Nigel Farage was a leader of uh, a fairly racist uh, UK political group called UKIP. Um, well, you know, they're not always racist, but they're uniformly they're quite in- certainly xenophobic to the point of racism. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was a fantastic point where he didn't actually win an MP seat, a political seat in his own constituency, and then a very awkward press conference where they clearly were expecting celebrations. Yeah. And he was just stood near the sea on a cliff somewhere, <laughs> and it was windy, and he was just basically going... <laughs> oh. <laughs> on a cl- Dover cliff, just bellowing, yeah. bellowing at what he thought was France. <laughs> uh, but now I just have imagined, now in my head of that press conference, that depressing, weird press conference, finishing and him just walking off camera and getting into the helicopter and just sitting there... Picking his toenails. <laughs> Eating them. <laughs> um, yes, yes, we would. Yes, I would. I would play it. I'd um, rather him be a villain. I'd probably pirate it, though. An absolutely impenetrable villain. Oh, yeah. Mm. The one that you have to run away from forever. Yeah. I want to play this game now. I want to kill Nigel Farage. And I want to run from him forever. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> one of us will. And finally, another question, but uh, Ben, sorry, pointed out, we talked about last... No, I've just said that wasn't me apologising to someone called Ben. That's his name. Sorry, it's IE. Um, we were talking last week... Groovy Cron on Twitter. <laughs> Groovy I'd, Cron. I'd, I'd want credit. If you were reading out my That's question good. on a podcast, I'd want people to go, that was a good question. I'm going to go and follow him yeah, right now. Yeah, this is at Groovy Cron, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump this. Basically, we were talking last time about the Ubisoftification of games and why so many games now are open worlds with fucking mini-maps full of things to do. Yeah. Uh, what the hell happened? And he was saying, he's saying he's been trying to push this term into circulation to describe a game using Ubisoft's open world model as a Ubislog. And I quite like Ubislog. That's really good. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Groovicron, there's me helping you to push Ubislog out into the masses. Nice. You know, it might catch on. And that's it for this week's episode of Dark Souls. As I say, last, next week we will answer some of the questions from uh, the website because a long time people have been saying, what, what can I do if I want to ask a longer question? So it doesn't fit a tweet. Now you can go over there. So um, yeah. If you want to ask a question for next week, put it in last week's episode's comment. That's confusing, I know, but deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. We will get the system up and going once we're going. And if you haven't been to... What kind of podcast are you running? I know, right? It's a joke. <laughs> it's an outrage. <laughs> this is all still a new thing. If you're still listening, then coolghost.net is a brand new thing. It's a site where we have videos and we have the podcast. And we actually have some really lovely people talking about stuff in an interesting way. So if you're a fan of the podcast and you want to go and say hello to people, then you can do that. And also, if you're a big fan of the podcast, then you might actually consider supporting the Patreon page for Cool Ghosts which is patreon.com forward slash cool ghosts anyway we've been Dark Souls I've been joined by the fantastic Gav Murphy you got Bye. anything you, you, recently you want people to check out particularly you think just, it's ace just me in general just you just check him just, out just check me out is uh, Kamira Gav Kamira Gav I can't say it well. C-Y-M-R-O Kamira Gav I need a new I need a new I can't say I can't say Welsh you should call yourself Kanye Welsh 
Done. Please don't gav the games. <laughs> and uh, joined by Disappointment on Twitter, okay. John Blythe. Hello. And yeah, you should go to the King Billy. Yeah, you should. Nottingham. It's a lovely Some club. Booze. We have a We do have nice games nights for second Monday of every month. I'd like to make them more frequent and I'd do, I just like you there to tell me what to do. Come on, come around. Yeah, if you're on the area, do pop along and say like... Flirt like, with me. Flirt I want to feel it. sexually alive. <laughs> I've been having trouble down there. <laughs> oh no! Oh, shut up! He's that. He hasn't really had any trouble down there. It's been firing like a rocket on eight cylinders. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.